The book of Apostle Paul to the the letter of Apostle Paul to the Hebrews, chapter thirteen, verses five through six. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, "I will ne- never leave you nor forsake you." So we may boldly say, "The Lord is my helper; I will not fear." What can man do to me? This place of scripture we had heard in the sermon of Pastor Arkady back on Friday when we had studied the signs that God is our fortress for the realization of our full salvation that is expressed in the adoption of our body through the redemption of Christ, in which we have the right to receive the adoption in the format of a heavenly body, and for God to become our fortress so that we can receive our inheritance, it is necessary for Him to remain with us and not depart us. He says, I will not never leave you nor forsake you under one condition. Under what condition? Apostle says, we have to have our conduct be without covetousness. This means that we have or had a conduct with covetousness. And in order for us to see a conduct that is full of covetousness, and in order to choose a conduct without covetousness, we needed to first see this conduct in ourselves and not in another. And in another sign of the fact that God is our fortress, Pastor had said that God is my helper only when I look with the eyes of God upon my enemies. It is necessary to see our enemies not the, the enemy and our mother, father, brother, sister sitting next to us, but it's very important when we're looking with the eyes of God to see the enemy of covetousness in ourselves and not just to see him. When we look at him with the eyes of God, we see him, we understood his strategy, what he wants to do in relation to us. We challenged him and we overcame him. All of us, without exception, due to our lawless and unholy gene pool in which we were conceived, have inherited the root system of all evils, which reveals itself in the desire to be enriched. Psalms 51 verses 5 through 7 Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. These are the words of sorrow, but a person who knows the truth, he doesn't end at this word, sorrow. He then begins to proclaim, when he looks upon his enemy with the eyes of God, he says, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you have make me, you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. It turns out that it is possible to have a conduct without covetousness. In the phrase, let your conduct be without covetousness, the verb let is taken from military lexicon since it has a commanding form that turns these words into a commandment, commandment of Christ. The Lord doesn't offer us an alternative. He doesn't offer us something better, but He gives us His commandment. He, we ought to have a conduct without covetousness. This will allow God to be our fortress. And with this kind of conduct, without covetousness, he said, I will never forsake you nor leave you. And this will allow God to give us our calling in the adoption of our body. And the four components that define that we have a conduct without covetousness. Conduct without covetousness is an expression of godliness and content for what God has allowed us to have. Furthermore, a conduct without covetousness is a great gain, 
which demonstrates authority over money, love toward which is defined as the root of all evil over which stands the demonic prince Mammon. This is written in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6-11. through 11. Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Furthermore, a conduct without covetousness is evidence that the root of all evil is uprooted from the soil of our heart. And finally, a conduct without covetousness is evidence of generosity expressed in a lack of vile and shameful covetousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6-8 through 8, It is written, But this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Have a conduct without covetousness. We have heard this word, and you are asked after church. And so, how do we define? How do you define if you have a conduct without covetousness? And we answer the following: First, from the soil of my heart is uprooted the root of all evil. What is this expressed in? It is expressed in that I have received authority over money. What is authority over money expressed in? It is expressed in the fact that I am joyful and content with what God has allowed me to have. And I have as evidence of generosity expressed in honoring God with tithes and offerings. And we are going to sing a psalm together right now and participate in this privileged service and thank God that we have the evidence of generosity. And evidence of generosity is not when we drive by a homeless person, a gypsy who is standing with her children on the side of the road in gold rings and in very expensive garments, and we gave her a five, we gave her a $5 bill and we receive her blessing in return. No, this is to bring all the tithes there where God can bless us, our, He can bless our spirit, soul, and our body. And we need this in order to fulfill our calling in the adoption of our body. Let us stand together and sing up psalm and participate in this elevated service to God. Oh, you. 
I, with great joy, will repeat after Pastor Arkady that each time the people of Israel had honored God with tithes and offerings, either in the tabernacle of Moses or the temple of Solomon, they were called to, according to the words that which Moses received from God as a revelation, to raise their hands over their offerings and to proclaim that proclamation that they were faithful to for thousands of years. We, being that same Israel, tied to that same root, drinking from the same olive tree, will do the same thing. Please raise your right hand, a symbol of your righteous act, and please pray along with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I have separated the tithes from my home and brought them into your home, so that in your home there may be food. I did not give in sorrow. I did not give impurely. I did not give for the dead. I deeply believe in your unchanging word, and I am glad that I have the privilege to express my love and to acknowledge your authority. And so according to your word, I ask you right now, may your heavenly windows be opened and may your blessing come down abundantly upon your redeemed nation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen. May the Lord bless you. Please be seated. <laughs> 